You ready for this? Who live is us? Who lit is this? Who real is us? We too legit. We are M A R K T A R U. Mark through podcast. Listen and learn. Watch and observe. Challenging us. They got some nerve. We great. You mad? Don't hate. Get to it. Don't wait. We do not hesitate. We doing what it takes. What we do? Mark through. Hi, friend. Yo. What up? Good. Well, how are you, Amber, in, in general in, in life? Um tired. Dude, I feel that. I feel very that. tired. I think that's like the only describing word currently. I'm very tired, but like I am not tired enough to keep arguing with these people <laughs> online or trying to like knock some sense into people online so right and it's like oh go ahead no i just like i literally have i feel like i have gotten no sleep in the past week i bet i'm i'm sure because just a roller coaster of emotions in Mm -hmm. regards to everything and then this is on top of the most chaotic spring i think probably of our collective lives in terms of coronavirus and shutdowns and everything like that you know whatever our baby's growing teeth right now it's crazy she doesn't want to see i'm sad i haven't got to see her i know some type of something masters i was like hoping i was to get to see her at masters but right like i know i mean today's what june 9th like we would typically see you in like a week Ah. like i would i would normally be at least six routines in because I right. start like May 26 or something like that in Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would usually be like six routines in, headed to do all my, ma- I, I would have been two master's camps in, I think, so far. Um, it's crazy. Are you bored? No. You're not, you're staying really busy? I, literally very busy. Yeah. yeah. Lots of hats yeah. to wear. Mm -hmm, because we're all trying to help each other out and it's just been a lot like I did a couple of dances for uh, like different brands Mm -hmm. yeah just said let's let's do it you know I don't really know your style but But here's what I got (laughs) I'm gonna learn it I'm gonna do it and I heard it was great so there we are in front of a crowd or judges got that on lock right it's helped me a whole lot I'm like okay I'm ready (laughs) <laughs> I've been loving all of your TikTok dances. Like, I get a little courageous every once in a while, and I'm like, I'm gonna learn this one. And Scott's like, sit down. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, keep learning it. Just don't post that. Send that one to drafts. They're all in my drafts. They're all in my drafts. It's so bad. I booked my first flight today. Yay! <laughs> Yay! That's awesome. Okay. So the world is like. And in our little cheer world, at least that's starting to go back to normal. Mm -hmm. But the rest of the real life world, I guess, is what we're talking about tonight and Mm -hmm. how we can. Because I think that's part of the the ongoing conversation is, you know, as we go go back to normal after coronavirus, like people, just like any big event, people are going to try to go just back to normal and forget about it, whether it's school shootings or the years and years and years of racism that we've already experienced and so right now the movement like i mentioned a second ago has steam and people are tired and but they're they're holding on and i think that that's inspiring and people are saying you know change is happening i think that's why 
this is relevant for our platform and to have you on Amber as our friend and somebody who's involved in cheerleading and involved in um, leading young people regularly. Like you're saying, you're, you've just been ready to get back to it and working your butt off to do it. Exactly. And so, um, you know, we want to thank you for joining us. Uh, because you know you don't have to get on here and share your your beliefs and and views and things but we appreciate that you're willing to do so um so that we can use this platform to, to educate people it's mainly just um for me i know i had a conversation or a couple conversations with a lot of my black friends conversations definitely with a lot of my white friends now and it's the most important thing is that people are taking the time out to educate themselves, look things up. Like Google's a great source. Like we all have access to it. That's the easiest way to look something up. Everybody I feel like has a friend they could call or talk to about this, or even if it's your parents, there's so many outlets for people to educate themselves so that they open up their minds, open up their hearts to see like the bigger picture because a lot of people, don't and or didn't understand the black lives matter movement and now they understand it or are starting to understand it that's which huge. is great like i got it yeah i got a text message from um so i work at a gym and i got a text message from our president yesterday morning it was like at 7 a.m and she was like i just want you to know i've been seeing your post i have been looking at what you've been putting out in the world. You're always this happy, positive person. So I know you're passionate and I know you're very vocal. And I just want you to know that I've opened up my brain and my mind and I've started listening to podcasts. And one of the girls that she sent me the podcast she listened to, and it was Dr. Martin Luther King's daughter. That was one of the speakers in the podcast. So it was all these great speakers talking about the movement. And she was like, I am learning so much. And she was like, kind of like, she made it seem like she was disappointed that she didn't do this research prior. Like it took this to yeah. do mm -hmm. the research. And that's kind of the um, message that I'm getting from a lot of my Caucasian friends, but it's all good. I, you know, I can, you know, better late than positive. never. Yeah. Yes, exactly. I can see the positive in most things now these days, like back in the day, your girl was not having it, but I'm <laughs> having to change my mindset up. Cause listen, but but to that. be fair though, I mean that, right. that's that is to be expected if you have any empathy or any compassion mm -hmm. in the world is understanding, especially young people feeling frustrated. There, you know, you're told by society you can't do this. You're told by your parents don't do this, and I'm sure you've experienced this. Your parents are only telling you don't do this or don't do this to keep you safe, and you know. So just I think people having that empathy and compassion that's something that i think i've in my personal research especially recently have come to understand like how is how do we move forward from this place where we know racism exists like yeah we can all no point, denying it we can all point fingers we can all call it out and expose it but you know how do we grow from this how do we like lauren said make it for the next generation our kids grandkids how do we make it better so that you know, when you have kids, you don't, you can say, look both ways when you cross the street. You don't have to have additional worries about mm -hmm. your kids, you know, because of their skin color. And so, um, you know, I think that that's the biggest step for me is, is 
and teaching other people that is just, you know, having that empathy and compassion for understanding the, the trials and tribulation, anybody who is of color has gone through, but specifically people in the black experience, because it has been honestly traumatic in America for a long mm -hmm. time. And it's, it's yeah. Well, I know, Lauren, you just said a little bit ago that there's no denying that there's racism, but some people refuse to acknowledge. That blows that my it, mind. It, it blows, it I'm like, it's it everywhere. Yes. And a lot of these girls that I've, uh, fem I'm going to go into the, with the females, a lot of the females that I've spoken to that date specifically black men, it blows my mind, the things that come out of their mouth. I'm like, how do you date a black man, but you don't support the black culture? And so it just like infuriates me to know in like, girl, you have no idea the conversations I have gotten into on social media. It's, it's, in, it's insane to me, people's thought process. But and isn't that racist in itself to say I only date guys of a certain skin color? Right, like, right. I thought that was very ignorant. It is, it is very ignorant. It's very yeah. like, it's just closed-minded. Yeah, I've never dated a white guy. I'm well. I'm never. I haven't. I've only had like five boyfriends in life. Anyways, I'm not very good at dating. But um, uh, I think I think that's just a misconception. Just taking the race out of it. Just looking at dating, people are like, "Oh, I date all these people," and it's like three. You know, it's like it's like by you know like by the time you look at the total number of people we've both combined dated before married, it's like maybe ten. Yeah. And it's like. Yeah. What? Like, how are you gonna say you have a type? Like, totally. yeah, I like girls with brown hair. Like, what? Like, because <laughs> three of four have brown hair. Like, it's just weird. Just looking at overall, that is just kind dating. Of interesting. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I'm not opposed to to dating a white man or marrying a white man. I'm not opposed to any of that. I'm just a. I just I don't like people equally. So it's not a the point whether you're black or white or Asian or alien. Like, I just dislike people the don't same. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it is what it is. I would it annoys me a lot, Amber. I don't know what I I don't know what I did. I don't know why this is I don't know what you did either. Scotty B annoys me too. London <laughs> circa two thousand and what year was that? Uh twelve. Twelve, yeah. <laughs> Dang, that's oh, almost man. a decade ago. Yes. I know. Almost a decade ago. Yikes. We're old. For real. On that note, Amber, will yeah. you give us some credentials about yourself you know, before we yes. get going? Um, I sure just, will. Yeah, we appreciate okay. being here. Yes, thank you. So I, let's start back from, I'm from a small town. I went to school at Middle Tennessee State University, cheered for the all-girl team, and for the scholarship I did co-ed during basketball season, so I got to do a little bit of both. Yes, I started working in the cheer industry once I graduated, yeah. did that for a long time. Then I thought I would go into selling uniforms. So I got into polyester pushing is what I like to call it, which is <laughs> great brand. Yes, uh, which was a great experience. And then from there, I started coaching college cheerleading. Um, for about three years, I was the assistant coach at Bethel University in West Tennessee, so very small college. Then from there, I moved back to Middle Tennessee and I started coaching at um, Premier Athletics mm -hmm. and where I you know, acquired a, a lot of teams and I coach a nationally ranked team 
yeah. who I love to death, go Blaze, and yes, love the Blaze. And then from there, I guess I started diving more into the choreography side of the company, and I, that's literally my passion. I love that. I've met so many great people through choreography, and I'm it's sure actually expanded my mind more and it, it's actually taught me to learn more about other cultures other parts of the world working with different people their styles all of that so sure the styles is crazy yeah. especially with like game day being involved now like where you get yeah. to see those traditions and mm -hmm. I, that's my specialty i love game day love well, you're good at it you're we, good at it we know a few of your teams <laughs> and i will put that stamp of approval yes Yay. you're very good at game day yeah, and so along that journey of um, cheerleading uh, as an employee, um, we all got to interact and go to London. So yes. that was how we met you. I got Great to witness you guys get engaged. Yes. yes. It is crazy. And I remember at camp last year when you were like hugging on my belly and you're like, I can't wait to meet the baby. It was like such a, a happy week for me because not only were you there, but so many other friends in our life were mm -hmm. there. And it's like, I get to bring a little peanut into this world. We get to do that. Yep. And like all of our friends are just like right here. And like, yeah. I don't know, it's such a special thing that we've had these friendships for a, a like almost a decade now and well, like over a decade we now we're having been... kids and like you know my kids it's weird <laughs> it's like it so is weird. weird it yeah. is weird but it, it's a good weird and i yeah. met some of y'all's great friends through choreography but yeah so you know we appreciate you being on amber um you know you have a lot of knowledge and a lot of leadership in the cheer world with the you know the teams you coach the teams you do choreography with the, you know, the camps you've worked, you know, all those cleanups and clinics and literally you have your hand in the, you know, the teaching of a lot of kids. And so, um, you know, I think that's a, a lot of where I would like to take the conversation today. Did you have a chance to look at that tweet thread that I sent um, in the document? Yeah, I had to, I couldn't finish it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's rough. It's rough. You know, we don't, I don't want to go through them because it's, it's rough and it's, a lot of it's some kind of, a lot of it's been unpunished. It feels like it feels like a lot of these people are running around and they probably haven't learned that they have been hateful and they've hurt people and and that you know maybe that in some minds that they're too far gone to come back from that and you know they're they're canceled in that regard and like you said you couldn't get through it because it's it was just message after message and it wasn't to one team or one area, it was, right. it was pervasive. And so I shared that the other day, it just, we can't ignore that in this sport. You know, we talk about cheerleading, being positive in schools and, and being, you know, a force in communities. But when people are doing that on the underbelly, it's, it's all for naught at that point because people within the sport are being hurt. Um, so, you know, in our, in our role as coaches, I think, it'd be good to talk about, you know, if athletes that are on teams that where they see that happen, you know, whether it's a classmate or a teammate, they, you know, they're, they're sharing hateful messages, they're posting the N word, you know, they're, they're just not caring about other people and they're only caring about themselves. And so, um, you know, I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. I'm sure you've experienced that. You don't have to go into that if it's, 
you know, if it is a little painful, I don't want to, you know, force you to share too much, but, you know, in thinking about how we can educate. I mean, I know as an athlete, like I've always been very vocal. Nobody has to ever wonder where they stand with me. I'm going to tell you the truth. Now, my delivery is never really the delivery that people want to hear, but at least my message is across and you don't have to question where I stand. I wish more athletes would like, I feel like today's generation, which is even crazy to say, cause I feel like Gen Z, like they're crazy. Gen Z doesn't care. They are very, pods. listen, I'm scared of them. So <laughs> they, listen, they're scary. So like, it's crazy that their generation is also not very vocal too in that sense like they do a lot of crazy things and a lot of wild things that our age wouldn't do but right it it doesn't seem like they're very vocal in doing things like that but I feel like since everything has happened with Mm -hmm. the George Floyd situation I feel like a lot more people are coming out they're feeling more comfortable but maybe it's our fault that we haven't let them be or given them a safe space to feel like they're comfortable enough to come out and say things to their coaches or say stuff to their parents and maybe they can't go to their parents because mm-hmm. they don't agree with them and they want to go to their coaches, but they're not quite sure because maybe they can't relate to their coaches. I don't, I don't know where the disconnect is there, but it, I know I've, I, I have been in situations where I, like, I'll say it as an athlete, I said it, but mm-hmm. as a coach, sometimes it's hard for me to pull from those athletes. Now I do have those kids on teams who are always willing to talk and like those those are my little homies right there yeah they just spill their guts we know it. they always come from they they come they feel like they can come to me because i'm very open with them because i have a 19 year old little sister yeah so yeah i know i know how to talk to this generation so they come to me and they'll tell me things and you know i'm gonna handle it i'm gonna nip it in the bud like i'm gonna come in at practice with a smile on my face like hey guys how are you okay great we're gonna warm up cool. We warmed up and I'm like, okay, we're going to have a talk. And I would bring them in and I would like, listen here. And I will change my whole tone, my -hmm. whole voice, everything. And I'm like, okay, y'all ready? Great. Let's warm up. And put them back on the floor and we'll do, you know, our little stunt warm up. But I know as a coach, like I'm going to be vocal immediately. Has that gotten me in trouble in the past? Absolutely. But was I right? Absolutely. Because Mm -hmm. sometimes the truth hurts and people are so scared of the truth sometimes, even though it's, it's going to hurt. It's not going to be. Are, people are afraid to be uncomfortable. Yes. And I'm not, I never have been afraid to be uncomfortable. I don't know that you guys know, but I am always in trouble for something I say. It's at least once a week, once a week. That's fair. That's fair. But, but can people argue with it? Really? No, because it's factual and it's You're speaking the truth yep. and it's how I feel like, yeah, I'm yeah. not trying to, defame people or i'm not trying to you're not sharing make hate. people look bad but right yeah. right and it, it is what it is and i think in another sense like i know i've had managers tell me that they respect me for that because they're not going to get like a vague answer for me or i'm not going to sugarcoat it or try to kiss up to them to try to make my way up in the world like i'm gonna yeah. be a every single time yeah, from all you. angles yeah right yeah so and I don't and I know that you have always been a very outspoken person and 
I don't think I've ever seen you cross that line. I think you've just always been unapologetically honest. Mm-hmm. And I don't see a, a problem with that. And maybe that's why we've always all stayed friends all these years. Yeah. Because- to circle it back, yeah, I think that's great. Yeah, as a coach, you know, bring them in. You know, you, I like how you feign like it's a normal practice. Nothing's oh, wrong. Yeah. Oh, that's the best. <laughs> I mean, I don't even let them get that far. I'm like, nope, you're not warming up. We're all sprinting. Crazy. They're like, oh, she's smiling. Oh, wait. That's not a real yeah, That's a good tactic. That's a good tactic. Yes, yes. Yeah, keep them on their toes. But yeah, fortunately, we have not had to deal with an incident of racism in in our coaching experience. Because, um, you know, I hope we don't have to. The, you know, the kids that we work with, the school that we're at, you know, does share good values, wholesome values, diversity, you know, all the things. Um, but that doesn't mean it doesn't exist or that we're not hearing about it. Right. And, and so that's why, you know, like you mentioned, you know, we try to have as, as open of arms as we can to any athletes, open arms and, you know, just trying to allow kids to be able to, to use cheer as a space where they can be comfortable. And I think that yeah. that's why we it, try. Um, I mean, we try. Well, I think that, and that's why it's important to share that, that tweet and to expose that hate, you know, as painful as it is, mm-hmm. um, because we, we can't allow that because cheerleading is a, a, an important and safe space for a lot of people. And just because a few people were raised wrong or are uneducated or have zero empathy doesn't mean that, you know, everyone else's safe space should be, you know, disappeared like that. Well, you notice too, there's not a lot of um, black athletes in cheerleading. Right. At all because it's, it's expensive. Yes. <laughs> it's very no, expensive. Totally. Yeah. My mom had to put four girls through cheerleading. She had two, two of them at the same time, my, my older sister and myself, and she's a single mom. So wow. like I, it was rare for me to be able to cheer, but like my mom made sure I had everything. Grandma made sure I had everything. Outside people made sure I had everything, but some it's people good. don't have resources. Like some black kids don't have those resources. Totally. So I've seen people saying like, well, I've given scholarships to black athletes and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, you only gave that scholarship to that black athlete because she was phenomenal. Yeah. If she was just mediocre, you wouldn't mm-hmm. given that scholarship to that black athlete. You needed her. It's right. the only reason why you gave her that money or that scholarship to come and be on your team. Let's yeah. be honest. Totally. And so that's really frustrating. Like that's some of the stuff I've been seeing, like, and I wanted to call it out, but it's like I can't fight every single fight and every single battle. Yeah, but totally. there's not a lot of black athletes in cheerleading in general. And totally. I feel like if if they were given more resources, then we would have way more. And then so it would also those black athletes would be able to educate and help white athletes. And like if they don't know their culture, because I was like black people are raised to fit into a white world. White people aren't raised to fit into a black culture. Oh, right. So There's that's the big, big struggle big I have had. Yes, that's the biggest struggle I've had because I have black people in my family. I have white people. I have Mexican. You know, my it, it our lineage goes back to my like my grandmother my great-grandmother, and then my great-great-grandmother is fully white. Like, we don't, like, white people go not very far in my family. So, 
know the white the white people that we came from. Some in Virginia, some in Mississippi. Mississippi, mm-hmm. my granddad's side. Virginia, my grandmother's side. And my mom found all of this stuff out, which it was kind of cool to like figure out our history. Yeah. So, and and listed online, at the black side of his family is listed as other. Damn. Mm-hmm. Other other, really? other family, yes. And so again, huh. we are we, we were just raised. Uh, the world America was raised to fit into white world, but yeah, nobody else was raised to fit into another culture. And that's not even just I'm not even just saying African American. That's any other culture. Yeah, we are absolutely culture. And so I was talking to a friend today, and I was like, I'm kind of angry about it. Like, yeah, I have a hard time. It's the fact that I am jealous that you didn't have to grow up with the same worries that I had to grow up. You didn't have to fit into white America when I had to like censor myself. I had to watch what I'm doing. I had to look at you guys with this hair that I was, I thought I was supposed to have when I, and I was like, it it just makes me mad. And I felt like I was mad today more than any other day, but I've had, this is the better day that I've had in a long time. Oh, wow. Mad. But I think it's because I went home and I got to see my mom and see my family and talk to them. And my sisters are doing great things in our community in my hometown. Like they're starting a diversity group, getting the mayor, bankers, all kind of people involved. So my little sisters are dope. Again, the 19 year old, she's Gen Z. She's scary. So (laughs) it's, 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 it's it's that type of, um, situation where as a black woman or a black coach I'm like going back and rethinking a lot of things and reliving a lot of things that I have been like the situations I have been in totally why didn't you say something why didn't you do anything Mm -hmm. like I was vocal but I didn't know that there were people I could go to and report certain instances I had no idea what HR was let's just like no idea Uh, or, that, or that HR would care about something like that. You right. think HR uh, like, is just your, your health care and your dental. Right, 100%. Thanks that's for my paycheck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's another thing. I feel like all my white friends knew, but I didn't know that. But mm-hmm. it, it's just wild. But I knew like coming up through Cheer World, I had certain people I would go to. And these people I still talk to to this very day. They've been riding for me since day, since 2004, riding for your girl. Like, these same Ooh, people I still yeah. talk to every single day. So it's just now that I'm also having conversation, more conversations with my white friends, it's been great um, to hear their thought processes now. And I know my white friends, like I know the good people when I meet them. And you do, mm-hmm. you do. Whatever. Yes. Like I know from the jump, like I'm going to judge you from the jump, whether I want to be your friend or not be your friend, whether I want to get to know you or not get to know you. Some people I've judged incorrectly and I apologize for that. I know like inside that I had to do better too and I can't be mad forever. Yes, I am still very mad at the things that are going on and then the things that have should have like should have been talked about a long time ago mm-hmm. that are just yeah. now being talked about. I wish it didn't take this situation for yes you know, diversity to be brought up or absolutely death after death. And then, yes, you know, it's exactly. like, it's like, you know, going on for over a decade or longer. Mm-hmm. And so, oh, yeah, years, years. Very fresh. Yeah. Very frustrating. I, I'm just, I'm just mad today. 
more so, but this is one of my better days too. I think, I think you have every right to be mad. You know, everything you just talked about from you needed to dress a certain way or whatever it may be. I had no idea that black women were going through that. So normally on my daily commute to work, I'm listening to like some like silly pop culture morning talk show. Well, everybody muted themselves for the week and I couldn't be happier that they did because then I got to go learn and I got to go research stuff. So that way, when we do get to go back to our athletes, I am now more educated and I know how to serve my athletes better. So that way I, and you also saying, you know, in cheerleading, especially we have to like, we're trying to make black girls look like white girls. And that's true. Do other coaches care enough to not try to make all these girls like fit one mold of what you know? And typically what you know is white girl cheerleading. Mm -hmm. So I just wonder like, do other coaches think like that? And if they don't, they now's the time to learn and to start, you know, whether you hear from here or from your own athletes, whether you're a coach out there listening or, you know, just paying attention to the world you you can't ignore that anymore and just say you know this is our team look well your team look only works for three of your 20 kids so get with it karen i don't know what to tell you Um, (laughs) there's been a lot of keyboard karens on it's why i deleted my facebook last week there's a lot of relationships in our life and i'm sure in yours that you're reevaluating right now and i know we are but holy crap, I stand behind you and I stand with you so hard because I, I can see it. I get it. Yeah, it's it's exhausting. I mean, I guess the biggest battle is arguing with people who come back at you from Black Lives Matter. No, all lives matter. And it's like, bruh, I, I, I literally cannot wait for the day where I can say all lives matter. But we're not there yet. Because no, black no. lives don't matter. So we can't say the word all. That's, that's inclusive to everyone. And mm-hmm. right now, black lives are being targeted. That's the yes. whole issue. And so we, we're not, I can't wait until all lives matter is an actual thing. And I can scream that at the top of my lungs. Because that means that black people aren't going through this anymore. Agreed. Like we don't have to worry about that anymore. Yeah, they're not scared to get pulled over. They're not scared right. to go jogging at night. They're not scared right. to be a registered gun owner. Like right. all of those instances I just mentioned, Philandro Castile, mm-hmm. uh, Tamir Rice, um, George Floyd, like just all of these instances. I mean, even the ones that don't make the news and that don't cause you know, Brianna uh, Taylor, she didn't make the news for two months. Yeah, yeah. That's heartbreaking. Yeah. Like, and that whole story is so sad. Yeah. So messed that very messed up. Like so messed up on mm. so many levels. And it hurts me in such a way. Um, have you gone to any of the protests at all, Amber? Um, no. So when the protests started happening, I was in Memphis celebrating one of my best friend's birthday and mm-hmm. We weren't going out, there was a curfew, so even if we wanted to, like, there was just a lot in a situation. My nephew was in town, there was a lot going on. So I was in Memphis, but I'd heard in my own town where I live that protests were starting, Mm -hmm. which also tried to cause riots too, because of course there's just certain people taking advantage and trying to make it look a certain way when that wasn't even the case, which I'm, that's another narrative I'm so over. Yeah. so I wanted to go be a part of the protest 
in my hometown, but I didn't get here in time because I was driving back. It just, it's, I, I wish I could go to a protest or a march. I know one happened in my hometown. My little sister actually was a part of, both of them were actually a part of it. And um, they happened in my hometown. Of course, I wasn't there. COVID has also restricted me and getting back to work has restricted me from doing the things I wanted to do. So I've just been online very, mm. very vocal. But I know I did. I posted the other day. I don't know if you guys saw it. I had a friend have me over to her house and um, to help because she was about to have cheerleading tryouts. She was trying out for my team, my middle school team. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so I was going to watch her cheer, watch her dance, watch all that stuff one more time just to give her some last insight. And a white lady, she was like, before you leave, I need you to talk to my children. They've been asking me questions that as a white mother, I can't answer. She has a white son, seven years old. She has a mixed daughter that is 13, 12 or 13 years old. She just turned 13 actually two weeks ago. And then she has another white daughter. And then her white friend was over. So they set me down and asked me a bunch of hard questions. And I'm like, it blew my mind that these kids understand what's going on. The little white boy was like, I don't want people to hate my sister because she's brown. And I was just like, I don't want that either, man. And it's crazy that he understands that that hate exists and that's so heartbreaking. Yep. And I was just like, well, I, I need you to make me a promise that you are going to educate your friends. And so it's his, his sister wasn't there. She was at a baseball game. So she came home and she was like, what did y'all talk about? Did y'all ask all the questions, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, yes. And she told me that can't, all black lives matter and all lives can't matter until black lives matter too. And he said, it's like having a baseball team. If you have eight players, it's not complete. You have to have that one extra, the one you really need. And so until that team is complete, we can't play. And so that's how he correlated that. And I was just like, oh, thank God. I was, literally was like panicking because who? I haven't had a conversation with a child. I didn't even think about it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That she invited me over and she wanted me to sit down. And she even had questions that she wanted to ask as well. Because as ha- having a mixed daughter, like she's gone through things with white girls and black girls being mean to her because of her skin tone or because of the way her hair looks, or because of the way she talks, and blah, blah, blah. It's, it's just ridiculous what parents are teaching their children. Yeah. She's already experienced some of that, and, I, you know, the whole, like you said, I don't see color. I, I hate that. Like, I see yeah. color. I'm going to des- describe Scotty B. I'm going to be like, yeah, you know, Scotty B, the boy with the beard and, you know, all the dark hair. You know, he's married to Lauren you know, white girl, long hair, cute baby. Like I'm going to, that's how I'm going to describe you guys. Totally. Those are all adjectives. Of, <laughs> so, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and they shouldn't and be offensive as long yeah. as you're talking about it's just them descriptive, and okay. descriptive it's semi-positive. You don't have to be, you know, their glowing hair, you know, Amber <laughs> has her glowing caramel skin. Like Amber has brown skin. She's over there with the dark hair. Sometimes she's wearing glasses. Go over there and say, Hey to her. Like, that's yeah. how I would describe to a kid at a camp, you know? Like, Yo, that's me. <laughs> right? And you're Absolutely. Like, and you're like, did that guy with the beard send you over here? The one with the, the, the big nose? That guy? All right, cool. All right, cool. You know? And it's because yeah. you're not talking down about me. You're describing me. Yeah, totally. exactly. So I just had them look at their skin tone and tell me what color they think they are. And 
it, it was, it was a good moment. Cause I had, I was like, y'all it's like the mixed girl. I was like, it's okay to say I'm a Brown girl. That's okay. You are a Brown girl. You're not tan. You're not light skin, which I, I use that term too, but more in a joking way, which I should probably be more cautious about that as well. But I'm like, I you feel like are, that's not offensive either though, but is it maybe I'm not educated there. I like, offensive but sometimes that my darker skin friends may find that offensive and I need to be aware of that okay 100%. yeah because well, I learned something new right 100% but then again it just kind of depends on the context or what you're saying sure. if you're how your relationship is how you're coming across like it, there's so many things that go into it because being oppressed as a black person is just in the history books, like anything can come off as racist. Yeah. White people haven't had to deal with that. So well, that's well, a whole other conversation, but. Absolutely. It's, but it's, it's the truth though. It and, is the and truth. That's, and that's yeah. part of the uncomfortableness that I think we all have to face as a society, as, as a very white slanted society, you know, we have to be uncomfortable, you know, admitting it, looking at it and saying, this is unjust. This yeah. is this is not fair to a large set of our community, a large set of our culture, our society, of our fellow humans, and we have to make some corrections in this world. And I, you know, this the past two weeks I think have been a good start. You know, it's I've a, learned so much. It's a bummer that the this good start didn't you know continue from the 2015 Black Lives Matter movement. You know, it had to. It you know kind of fell off and then it picked back up again at the unfortunate murder of George Floyd as well as Breonna Taylor and others. So, and now that I do see it, I want to be so freaking loud about it because I don't want my daughter turning out to be an. I want her to be a good person, and I want her to educate all her friends around her how to be good people. Right. See, and so you're already starting in the right direction. So like parents like you or people like you that have a child that hasn't been influenced yet. Like this is good. Like these conversations are happening and people are opening up their eyes. Cause our, I feel like our generation is kind of the last generation of where like racism was kind of taught like heavy, yeah. because, you know, these laws of segregation weren't that long ago. No, you know? no. no. Um, so I feel like we're kind of in that last generation of like heavy racism. So our generation is going to be the one that starts changing the minds of the younger generation. Mm -hmm. We're all starting to have babies. Well, some of us, I ain't having no baby, but <laughs> we're to have babies and such. No, so but you're, it's you're up to us. And it's really, yeah, it's really up to our, the white people to be vocal. Like it's your turn. It is your turn to be vocal and have your voice be heard loud and proud for the black community, especially yes. the ones that are woke and the ones that are understand that we need you guys to now lead this movement. That's the only way we're going to get changed in America. I feel like is if our white people take a stance and say, Hey, this is wrong. We're not doing this anymore. We're not teaching this anymore. Mm -hmm. This will not be tolerated. We're not allowing it. No, yeah. Yes. It's completely unacceptable. I'm going to work. Um, I'm having people come in saying they're tired of the negativity. They are tired of being kept up at home. They're tired of riots happening now. They're tired of this. They're tired of that. And it takes every piece of me to, to just say, 
you don't think my black friends have been tired their entire life. Mm-hmm. You don't well, think like, like mm-hmm. oh, just the thing. And so I've, I've grown patience this week, like not actual patience, but like I've, I've grown a patience within myself of like, okay, how do I word this to maybe flip the switch for them? Most of my patients that are older than me, that's not going to happen. And I know that, but the patients that are maybe a little younger than me or my age, and they only are going off of what their parents have maybe said to them, I can maybe plant that seed. It's like, cause I mean, black people, we've been, we've been fighting our whole lives. You know what I'm saying? Like we're, we've been fighting from day one. And so we're always going to speak out and be vocal and and, and start movements. Will that get swept under the rug and not be taught in history class? Absolutely not. Or it's not going to be taught. It's mm-hmm. those things aren't going to be mentioned because it's too positive. Yeah. Well, it doesn't, it doesn't t- tell the narrative of the struggle, you know? So yeah, like you, you said, you know, you can Google it kids, this generation, our generation is part of that last round. I think because we're part of this internet generation, you know, we can go look stuff up with a couple taps on our phone. It's all there. We can gain that knowledge. We can, we have access to media where we can see and hear and, and view people, you know, and their experiences, whether it experiences traumatic experiences like, you know, police brutality, but also historically, um, you know, in terms of like Madam CJ Walker, like that wonderful Netflix show um, story, you know, telling, the, the evolution of her business and the struggles that she had to find success to, you know, the documentaries and everything like that. It's just, it, our generation has so much at, at our reach that yeah. I think that, you know, as generations evolve, it should, should only get better as long as we keep up with, you know, making sure that everyone is educated and there are specific struggles that have been made to, you know, inflict pain stop people stop black people from doing things and and you know those are the things that we have to end as a society before change can happen before you my friend can feel safer you know in this world and you know hopefully our kids get to experience that Uh, it's just it's it's rough out here and i know like another thing that i've had to fight as a black woman is since i'm so vocal if i'm too vocal I'm the angry black girl. And I'm like, yeah, I'm angry. I'm pissed. Yeah. I am angry. And I want you to feel that. I am very angry. I I don't. The part of it that's, I would say, the part of it that's frustrating for you is you sharing an opinion and people jumping to that assumption. And you're like, no, just because I'm showing disdain or some unhappiness or Mm -hmm. disagreement with something doesn't mean that I'm instantly angry. Like, don't throw that entire book at you. Yeah, black girls are always angry. It's like, no, we're not always angry, but you're about to make me. And you don't want that sign, for sure. I can give some verbal lashings. I'm happy. You're like, regardless of my color, I am angry. Stop being an idiot. Yeah. Yeah, stop being an idiot is the right phrase for sure. So Mm -hmm. A lot of idiots in the world that that we got to educate. A lot of keyboard Karens. I cannot with Facebook right now. I can't. Yeah, that's I what can't. keeps me up all day. You said you like, said you haven't been sleeping. Is that? Yeah. Well, one day when I came back from Memphis, we went to brunch on Sunday 
Yes, we went to brunch on Sunday at like 11.30. I didn't eat again till the next day or till the next night. It was like 8.30 p.m. And I was, because I was so distraught and bothered by everything going on. Like, I've, I think I've lost like four or five pounds. As soon as I walked in my mama's house, she was like, uh-uh, you lost weight. She went in the kitchen. She was cooking up greens. I saw, I saw you. She sent you home with all sorts of food. And it's like classic yeah. mom, just like, you need this? Well, hey, they sell those by me. Right. Well, here, I got you some. I got you some. And I'm like, Back me greens, cookies, a bag of potatoes, like a bunch of potatoes. I'm like, mom. She's like, like you need starches, you need some potatoes. Your butt's looking a little tiny. I'm gonna give you some more of that. Is your waist smaller? She got me a gallon of sweet tea. I was like, Lord, shut up, my mom. Okay. She loves you. She loves you and she cares about you. And she sees that I'm stressed and I've been, you know, fighting a good fight, you know. But it's worth it. It's totally worth it. Like I'll stay up and not eat in order to try to sway at least one person if i can read one person i will stay up countless nights counts countless hours and i will mm. voice and speak and talk and have conversations as long as i need to until i am blue in the face yeah i'm gonna yeah. fight the good fight so because because you uh, you understand that you're not just fighting for yourself you're fighting 100%. for your sisters you're fighting mm. for your mom the rest of your family you know anybody any of your athletes you know, so it's, it's important to you. And I think that's why, you know, Black Lives Matter is important to us as well. It's, yeah. it's our friends, you, it's our athletes, it's, you know, our coworkers, it's, seeing, it's everybody. Seeing Blake's TikTok where he cries at the end, messed mm-hmm. me up, dude. Like, yeah, I, I know y'all are hurting and I don't want to sit here and be like, I'm just going to text all of my black friends and just tell them I love them. Cause part of me is like, they know that they know I love them. 100%. Um, but that just struck such a chord with me of like, I'm going to do better. I'm going, I am going to do better for them because I'm tired of seeing my friends upset. Mm. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and speak for a lot of people. I'm sure that might be feeling this way, but I, I know personally, I appreciate my white friends like you, like I've never felt uncomfortable or that I couldn't be myself around you two ever. And I do have those white friends. I 100% have those. But then I do have other friends who, like you said, I'm questioning a lot of scenarios and a lot of situations. Like I've had some white friends not even acknowledge it. And they're supposed to be like the homies. Yeah, y'all have always had good vibes. Like that's what I'm saying. I was taught to judge somebody by characteristics and the energy and vibe they give off. And you two have always made me feel very comfortable 100 percent. i'm gonna cry don't say that <laughs> earlier you had said like you're gonna get you're gonna study someone's character before you get to know them and stuff i remember when we were in london and our groups were together we were best buddies and i remember being so intimidated because you were just this beautiful strong personality like you had your ish together. Like you were taking these kids, like, you know, where you were going every single day in London, you were like, we're going to do this, 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 I'm going to roll up. We're going to go out. Like we're like, you just had it so together. And I was like, wow. Like I totally see why she's on this trip. Help me not lose one of these kids in Europe. Like freaking out. And I'm like, I'm going to go take pictures. (laughs) Amber, help me. (laughs) I lost one. This one went shopping with her mom. 
we can't have cell phones over here. I don't know what to do. So I just remember being so in awe of you. So I know it took a while for you and I to maybe get friendly. I think it took like our first practice. And then we were like, okay, we're all, yeah. we're all friends. This is good. But I remember those first couple of days being really intimidated because you were so good at your job not because of anything else, but truly just because you were so good at your job. And I was like, okay, sick. She's Tennessee staff. I'm now on Tennessee staff. I feel much better. You know, yeah. so it was, it was just, it was just cool. And I remember that first impression of you, like it was yesterday. Same. And that was almost 10 that, years ago. And that sweaty, sweaty lobby of that hotel room was like oh, a yeah. thousand people at once. And yeah. then the Starbucks line, like wrapping around and around and around. Yeah. Like, Y'all are not getting it's Starbucks. Well, Just give it up. Yes. And the girl forgot her headband. And then I had to give her my <laughs> And Scotty B had his little joke, band to make her dance. And I was so mad, but I was so proud of him for that. Like that was the best one-liner ever I forgot about that <laughs> I had a whole attitude about it because I was cold <laughs> yeah 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 I, I remember that too at T2 and that's what I'm saying like if people make a good impression that are a personal impression like I'm gonna remember things if I don't mess with you then it's a wrap like I I truly will not you will know I will tell you yeah like hey I'm just not you're not my type of person well and, and oftentimes I'm sure you found that to be true you see them post something later, share something, act a certain way. And, you know, it might not even be in the, in, from the angle of racism. It could be homophobia. It could be, you know, different areas, but, you know, it, it confirms that internal, you know, dialogue with, with yourself that you had, whether it was a month ago, six months ago, a year ago, you're like, that person, I knew it. Yeah. Cause there's people in this cheer world that I still do not feel comfortable being around. And I, I, I mean, I let that be known 100%, especially recently. Good. I know I've had events literally last week where I voiced my opinion about some people that I've worked with in the past and they have never made me feel comfortable in my own skin. Mm. And I will never forget that or forgive that. Like I can't at this point because I'm still seeing the same verbiage and activity from these people. And they it, haven't changed. Yeah. No, at all at all and so it's like it's it, it's it, it's like a relationship that can't be repaired especially now that i've seen more things happen especially now it's like years later mm -hmm. i'm stuck seeing the same behavior we have all grown up yeah. but you have not grown up mentally it's so sad and i just I don't, I don't want to, to deal with it i don't understand no. how you can't be growing through all this and like becoming a better person like I'm telling you the podcasts I've listened to this week have been like so eye-opening for me and it's so easy. I just drive to work, I press play and I'm learning. I'm so hungry to learn more and more and maybe that's the problem. Maybe people aren't hungry yeah, their ego, to help fix their ego gets in their way. They think they they know it all. They they have their the right view and I don't get it. And so, you know, we have to educate we have yeah. to teach, right, teach right. others how to have compassion, teach others how to have empathy. You know, just like the, the story of talking to that little boy, you know, he's like, I don't want people to not like my sister because she's got darker skin, you know? And it's like, that is the understanding. It's like, even if you do have to translate it down onto a, you know, a kindergarten level, mm -hmm. it's like, that's the pain that he feels just having, you know, a hypothetical about his sister is pain that you have felt 
that you know that that hatefulness just cannot continue any longer it and, has to stop and so people have to understand how hurtful it is and and hopefully hopefully this can contribute podcasts books i know we were looking at books uh for our kiddo you know just i just posted a bunch on instagram i have some there's a lot of really cool books about um your skin color and why it's okay to be different but why we're all still the same on the inside and what a freaking concept why another good book i just read for our um little we have a little explorers program i just read a book called the crayon box that talks and it talks about all the different crayons and i literally have the book up there it talks about all the colors of the crayon how they didn't like each other at first and then they colored a picture of like the world where you needed blue for the sky green for the grass uh brown for the tree and you know white for the 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 crayon box that talks and so it's a great message at the end and they all come together and it's like, well, I like you now, blue and blue likes red and red likes green and green likes orange. And it, it, it's, it's the cutest story with the best message. And I literally just read that book two weeks ago. I have to send you my book reading. It's kind of funny though. But I, I love it. I added it. I added it girl, to the list. My country accent comes out major. My grandma would literally <laughs> roll over in her grave. If she, I was like, hi, friends. And I'm like, oh, God, that was <laughs> so hard she would be just so disappointed but that is it. so it's funny it's, it's crazy that all this happened afterwards because I was one of the last book readings and um Aww. like it, the book was just so good it, it literally explains this whole situation maybe I should post it online reread you it you absolutely should because <laughs> I do think there's a lot of people our age that are just now starting to have kids or um not having kids but have like a lot of nieces and nephews or you know whatever it may be. I think I've learned that I do have a voice in this. I think all last week I was feeling like I need to mute myself. Like I don't have a dog in this race, but I was hurting so bad for my friends. I was like, no, this is how I can help. You know, cause in my mind before I was like, I guess all I can do is donate, sign petitions and vote. But now I feel like I'm starting to figure out there's a lot of people that just check on my stuff. And if I just have that out there, if like, this is what I'm going to do. So my kid's not in school, maybe you can do the same. Exactly. Or maybe you as a grown adult can read this child book and have a little more understanding about person to person relationships and values that we should have, uh, you know, to have a functioning world. Yeah. So we'll, we'll link, we're going to link a bunch of stuff that we've talked about that when we talked um, here and then when we talked to DQ and Gigi yesterday, um they were talking about some i know right we talked to them for two hours yesterday and then our kids got to play the whole time in the basement and so now they're just like buddies they were like chasing each other around when we came downstairs and like this is why we're doing the podcast and they're such loving people so after talking to those two yesterday i know Gigi had kind of shared that like she was angry and she like kind of had a hard time saying that and i said it's okay that you're angry people are dying we should all be angry. And so she was like, yeah, but she was like, now, now she's turned more onto the educational side and like a loving side. Another person that I've literally enjoyed following so much is Sarah Habit. She's been like a ride or die. I spoke to her today a little bit. I love Dylan her. Tobin, yeah. Dylan Tobin has been 
freaking phenomenal. Like there's yes. just some people that are just like catching my eye on the things mm. that they're saying and they're, you know, coming on other people's posts or they're posting podcast, like just all these things. And I'm like, that's my homies right there. Like, I love it. I love it. Hands yeah. all in together. Yeah. Yes. All hands on deck. Let's do this. Let's change the world. Let's, let's be a big voice. Let's help yes. other people understand. Like I am more than willing to stop in my day and have a conversation with people. And that's what I've been doing. I will go, I will come to your house. That's cool. Leading to a final note, my laptop's dying. <laughs> um, but oh boy. you know, having the ability to have conversations and to being able to accept that other people have accepted new knowledge you know mm-hmm. they may have been hateful mean disgusting gross in the past doesn't mean that we you know wipe their slate clean and we're like you said sorry racism's gone you know it's it's not one of those situations but you know we we have to educate them and and show them you know you did wrong, you need to pay for the wrong, and then you need to come back from this and and do right by other people so that, you know, to make up for your wrong, I think. And so it's, it's a fickle line because we live in a world of cancel culture where some people, rightfully so, need to be canceled and other people just need some education and time right. to, to, to learn about themselves and to, more importantly, learn about other people. So as we continue the fight and, and the movement of, you know, making sure that the world is aware that is learning that black lives do matter and that we need to ensure that black lives matter in our government and our public safety and schools and everything like that in our, in cheerleading, um, you know, we have to keep, keep educating and keep having that compassion and, and empathy, um, on both sides. I say that delicately because, I don't have much empathy for racists, but if a, if a racist wants to say that they were wrong in the past and wants to actually learn and actually engage and, and fix their wrongs, I think we should all be open to that. It's just more rare. And so it's, it's tough to do and it's tough to swallow. I'm sure you've dealt with that, but. Um, I'm proud of you for speaking up, Amber. Yeah. I think you're doing incredible. Thank back. you. I was yeah. like tipful on everything I say, child. I'm always being watched. So thank you. <laughs> Somebody's got an automatic text to tip on Amber. I'm always going to be vocal. I'll be in trouble, but it is what it is. And last thing I want to say too is thank you guys for having me. And um, like, I really appreciate you giving me your platform, your platform to speak about the things that are going on. And I just hope that this is not just the trend because we can really get wrapped up in trends. Right. This is a continued conversation within industries, households, friendships, just everything. Like this needs to be a continued mm-hmm. conversation and yeah. doesn't just die down within the cup next couple of months and then we're on to the next trend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When the, when the new uniforms come out or you know whatever yeah. it is, yeah, we can't we can't get distracted from and from making the the sport yeah. world society better. Agreed. But thank you for talking to us. We miss you. Like I know, I miss you guys. Podcast aside, I freaking miss your face so much. I need to make my way up there. I got plenty of miles of Southwest, so I'll be making some trips. Well, and let us know if you're coming out to work with any of the teams. Like, call us. Let's like hang out, or you can even stay at our house. You don't need. You can get keep that hotel money, and you can just stay with us if you want. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. 
I'll make y'all buffalo chicken dip. Deal. Deal. Fire, just so you know. That's like a food group to me, though. <laughs> dips, dips are a food group to me. Yeah, cool. yeah, for sure. Um, all right. Well, we'll let you go, Amber. We appreciate Bye. you uh, spending Bye. some time with us, and yeah, I'll uh, I'll send you a link soon. Yes. Um, to to the episode. So thank you for joining us on the Mark Through, and uh, sharing your experiences and thoughts and and you, you know your time with us. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Appreciate uh-huh. it. Love you guys. Love, Love you, Amber. Bye. Bye. You ready for this? Who live is less? Who lit is this? Who real is less? We too legit. We are M A R K C A R U. Mark through podcast. Listen and learn. Watch and observe. Challenging us. They got some nerve. We great. You mad? Don't hate. Get to it. Don't wait. We do not hesitate. We doing what it takes. What we do. Walk through.